0: We go again, feeling ready to begin. Listen up, push play, and plug your headphones in. Another draft has come to pass. Now build your deck and send the rings, let Jeff and your chin. Yeah, just let us pitch in. Help you out. That's why we're here. Yeah, shout. Let me hear you shout. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's 8 a.m. on. Thursday Last night was the finale of Survivor. I know chances are none of you care about that uh, when uh, My wife and I tell people we watch Survivor and it's like the one show we watch and that we religiously watch it We get some strange looks sometimes people are like that show still on Yes, it's still on And uh, it has a I would say for being a uh, major network show. It's got a cult following in the sense that people who got hooked, you know, like a lot of them just stick with it. And, uh, yeah, that's us. We watch a lot. Last night was a big one. It was like their Super Bowl. It was the end of their Super Bowl. But you guys didn't come here to hear about Survivor. By the way, I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out. The right, per- I feel like the right person won. I didn't love the person, but the right person won. Alright, what am I talking about Survivor for? People, come on. Nobody wants to hear this. Nobody. Sean's shaking his head right now like, man, I should be recording with this guy. We're talking about three decks today. Wow. It's been a couple days since I recorded. And we had Archuna on. We had Deathsea on. We got another guest coming on this weekend. And uh, things are flying fast and furious. Things are happening so uh here we go deck number one this was the good one so this was right after interviewing death c i'm like all right i'm gonna take everything i learned and put it into practice so what i did is the old uh he said just stay open to cycling as long as you know because it's so good You know, you don't have to commit to it immediately, but give yourself backdoors to get into it because it's so good. So that's kind of my approach. I first picked Reptilian Reflection. Normally that's not a card I would first pick. But I did it here, kind of going off of his advice. And uh, the deck worked out, so let me break it down for everybody. It's going to sound, it might sound a little boring because it's like, oh, that's a cycling deck. So, yeah, it was a cycling deck. It it went 3-0. I don't know how much is exciting about it, but I'll try to give you a couple little... uh, Interesting tidbits of the way I approached it that I usually don't. That might be helpful to you. All right, there's a uh, Savai Thundermane, There's two of the Stingers. There's two Savai Sabertooths. So first of all, this is a change. Those are those stupid three ones. Normally, I wouldn't play those in this deck, but after talking to Death Sea, he said they're a fine filler when you can't make playables. So there you go. I put them in. It went three one. It worked out. Um, the healer. Only one tactician. Um, if I had more, obviously those, uh, Savai Sabertooths would be a whole lot better, so it would be able to get in for three way more often. Um, I ended up with two Reptilian Reflections. Uh, one Blitz of the thunder raptor, which actually ended up underperforming. You'll hear later, I do have plenty of, uh, cycling spells, but still this thing... I, at times I just wished it was another one Mana Cycler, honestly. Um, Flame spill, which performed very well. Uh, one Zenith Flare. Yay. A lot of times if you don't get a Zenith there in this deck, it's sometimes hard to win. 15 lands. So this is a big change for me. So I did this because of Seas advice. He said instead of going all the way down to 13 in your cycling decks, play 15 and play a couple of Cathartic Reunions. So that's what I did. I have 15 lands and two Cathartic Reunions. And then for one mana cyclers, other than the ones that were already mentioned as kind of playables, here are the non-playables. There's about seven of them. Three Footfall Craters, one uh, Starling Development, one go for Blood, one Frostfail Ambush, and one Boon of the wish giver. There's also three Raking Claws as a two-mana Cycler, and one mm-hmm. Coordinated Charge as a two-mana Cycler. Um, yeah, I mean, you all know how this deck played out, right? You know, I, I smacked him maybe once or twice with a re- Reptilian Reflection, maybe I even gave it Double Strike. Well, that that's something that's actually interesting, because maybe you all haven't had the pleasure of doing this, but casting a Raking Claws on your Reptilian Reflections, since they do have Trample, will sometimes win the game out of nowhere, so that's a nice little combo. Um, Yeah, and then the Cathartic Reunions just worked out. I did find I I didn't want to get too aggressive with them early on. and just start pitching spells to find lands, because I would flood out later, so I find the Cathartic Reunions really do want to hold on to them to pitch lands. And that means you obviously have to be careful about playing your lands out because sometimes you need to hold on to enough to be able to play your Reunion. But yeah, this deck was super good. Uh, 3-0, your standard cycling deck. And uh, my big takeaway from it is normally I don't play 15 lands, but I did it uh, because Death Sea advised me to and it worked out. And also normally I wouldn't play the Savai Thundermane here. I would or the Savai Sabertooth here. Normally I'd probably put in a couple more 2-mana off-color cyclers. Deathsy was down on the two mana off-color cyclers and said, hey, instead just play these uh, these uh, Sabertooths and these Tigerillas. I didn't get any Tigerillas in here, but he said that's a way better way to round out these decks, even the Tapper. So yeah, uh, 3-0 cycling still really good. I was starting to think it was cut too hard, but I think off of the back of Sea's advice on how to fill in ones that do get cut, yeah, go back and listen to that episode. It's a good one. We spend a lot of time just on the cycling deck. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, here we go. Next deck. So Dusty said that playing more than two colors in this uh, format is a scam. And that you should really try to avoid it, which was a big surprise for me because they give you so much fixing that it was surprising to hear that uh, it's kind of a trap to do three colors. But I think he's right. Um, you guys all hear my cat moaning in the background? I'm not sure where the cat wants to go, but... You get to hear that today, probably outside and then back inside. Alright, so basically this is one of those decks where I started going for the cycling deck. Um, You know, I'm taking like Stingers and Vantasaurs, whatnot, but then all of a sudden, uh, as I was already in Red White in pack 2, I opened a Ruinous Ultimatum, and I went for it, and I'm like, oh, I'll just start playing black as well, since the cycling deck didn't seem super open. And um, the good news was, it's like that lane did seem open. Like, I was getting paid off. I was getting some good colors in these uh, cards and these color combinations, but it just still, the deck just didn't do it, man. Uh, It was actually pretty bad. I think I got one or two wins, and it was on the, uh, this one I took to the um, uh, best of one ladder where you can get up to seven wins, and I only got one or two, which was surprising because I thought the deck looked okay. I thought Runus Ultimatum looked very playable. But here we go. I'll break it down really quick for you. There's one uh, coil bug. There's two drana stingers. One divine arrow. Two Gopher for bloods. Two shredded sails. A gloom penguin. Two fire finders. A memory leak. A ferocious tigerilla. Uh, the phoenix. Um, the mutate phoenix. Um, I can't see the actual name of it. Just the alternative name on this pick. A blade Banish, Two rumbling rock slides. Two unbreakable bonds. Um, a Sandworm, even though it's on off-color to get back with the Unbreakable Bond. Uh, two Lava Serpents, imposing Vantasaur. And then the Ruinous Ultimatum that I mentioned for fixing. I have two fixing cards, a uh, Triome, which is all three of the colors I'm in, and uh, a Scoured Barrens, the black-white. So, this deck has a ton of removal, right? And then a couple threats to kill your opponent off. The ton of removal actually just became too much overkill, it's like I would kill my opponents stuff with all my single target removal and then by the time it was, I could pop off my ultimatum it would only get like one target because there's only one thing left on their board anyway. So I don't know, the the ultimatum's awesome but in this deck it just didn't line up because I already had plenty of removal to take care of their stuff and it was just this expensive card that didn't do enough by the time I got to it. Um, One of the few games I did win I think was Unbreakable Bond on a uh, Sandworm. It's just really good, a 7-7 Life Linker. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go with Dusty's advice at, after this experience. I think I'm going to keep hedging towards trying to stay two colors, even if it means not being able to play a, a sweet ultimatum like this. So there's the second deck I want to break down today. I only have one more to go. Um, quick reminder, we have a website, magicarena.draftingclub.com. Uh We have a Patreon. Uh, What we're trying to accomplish with our Patreon is to get uh, one year's worth of expenses. We approached this project last, last fall, early fall, last summer maybe. It was right at the end of M20 is when we decided to start doing this. And Sean and I were like, well, you know, we already talk on the phone all the time about magic anyway. I bet people would want to hear it. Plus, me and me and you really like podcasts. You know, we know a little bit about them. We've heard a million of them, uh, so maybe that's the forum, the space that we want to get into. So uh, I immediately bought a website, and then we got the the Zoom account to be able to do the the calls more than an hour. You know, the pro, pro Zoom account. Bought some stickers. And, uh, yeah, just trying to recoup costs. That way we can keep doing this for you and not have to spend any money out out of our pocket. And everybody's been absolutely wonderful so far supporting us. It's been more support than I expected. It's been a big pick-me-up for Sean and I. really keeps us going. And we really appreciate it. I would like to uh, shout out Nathaniel. Today, thank you, Nathaniel, for being a new patron to the show. And you asked, uh, how do we keep it going with the money because drafting can be expensive um you're absolutely right it can be and uh you know unless you're one of these god tier people it's really tough to go infinite like you're gonna spend money now if you don't want to play a ton and you're okay with only drafting a few times a week you can just do all your daily quests and that'll get you a f- several drafts per week quick drafts um ryan spain is a uh content creator out there who's really good about teaching people how to just maximize their money. So I recommend checking out Ryan Spain's, uh, either episodes on limited resources or his, uh, Twitch channel, cause he's all about efficiency of money. Um, but me personally, I just, it's my form of entertainment. It's how I spend my personal spending money. Uh, and I spend a hundred dollars about every three months, I would say on the game. And uh yeah, I don't get to keep the cards, uh, but I get to play so much magic, more magic than I've gotten to play at any point in my life. And I really don't like Moto, so I'm not interested in going over to that side. So <clears throat> yeah, that's I think that's how to answer your question there. Um is if you don't need to play a ton, you know, just check out uh, check out uh Ryan Spain. And uh, you'll find ways to draft like three times a week without spending any money. Or uh, if you're like me and you're a limited junkie and you want to play every single day, you're probably looking at um, spending, I'd say, $100 at least every six months if you really want to play limited games every single day. And that's the reality of it. So moving on, uh, one more deck to talk about. Thank you again, by the way, Nathaniel. We appreciate you so much for being a patron. It, it just it means so much to us. It, it means you know the motivation to get up, uh, do this recording every other day, for example, so we can be a podcast. that's coming out way more often than other limited content out there. So um, it's a big boost. Thank you, thank you. Okay, last deck. Here we go. Last deck is a weird one because this is actually a deck that uh, I drafted before we talked to Detsy. Um, maybe a week ago, I did a quick bot draft and immediately afterwards I didn't play the game because I just enjoy the live draft so much more. I like did the bot draft. I'm like, ah, oh, that was all right. I'm going to go back to doing real drafts. But, um, then all of a sudden last night I saw that that quick draft is going, that quick bot draft is going to go away in two days and my draft is going to go away. So I had to complete it. So I got in and what it was, was it was a deck where I picked up a Lurus in pack three And so I just found a way to jam Luris in the deck, right? But I didn't make it my companion. I immediately lost game one pretty quickly. It was like, oh boy, this is going to be one of those bad decks. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make Luris my companion. What do I have to lose? And I had to play some real crappy playables to make that happen. Because to make Luris your companion, you can only have permanents that are one or two drops. So it really limits what you can play. But I did it, and... uh, I ended up getting uh, 5 wins out of the deck after putting Lurus in as my companion, even though it meant I had to play some real jank cards. Just Lurus is just that good. I'll go over the deck quick and then um, I'll go over what I learned. Oh, and a little sneak peek, the Guest on this weekend recently had a 7-0 Lurus deck. We're definitely going to be asking them about that. Alright, so Lurus is the companion. At the one, we have two Brushwags, two Scorpions. I found the Brushwags were really good with Lurus. It's a one-drop you can get out that can scale with the game. Scorpions are good if you can get them back and just start training your opponent. Um, one Mental, or one, um, <clears throat> what is that, Mortal Destruction? The uh, Mutual Destruction. One coil bug. one feed art, Fiend Artisan. Man, that card's fun. That card's fun with Lurus because you can sack your creature, go get another one-drop. And then use Luris to just get your Scorpion back. It's like you sack one Scorpion with the Fiend Artisan to get the other Scorpion. And then if Luris is in play, replay your scorpion you're just killed. It's a nice little loop I was finding there. One skull profit, one ominous seas. So here's an example of a card. that's like, what is this doing in here? I had to put some real messed up playables in here and it can cycle. Two corpse churn, easy prey, fire prophecy, shredded sails, survivor's bond, sleeper dart. 2 Call of the Death Dwellers, that's the one that gets things back out of your graveyard. Barrier Breach, again, it's an off-color cycler. Uh, tentative Connection, I don't really even have any menace creatures in here, but one little interesting tech I found, you know, because tentative connection is a lot cheaper if you have a menace creature is that uh, Call of the Death Dweller gives your creatures menace. And I would kind of forgotten about that until I cast that, and then all of a sudden my tentative connection was a lot cheaper. I'm like, well, here we go. I don't even have a lot of ways to abuse Tentative Connection, you know, other than the one Mutual Destruction or the uh, Fiend Artisan. It was just, uh, again, I was really struggling to make playables. And then one Unbreakable Bond. So the big notes here are the two Corpse Churns, the one Survivor's Bond and the one Unbreakable Bond. You're basically just saving for Lewis because they're going to keep killing Lewis, right? If they don't, they're going to die because you're just going to keep getting the creature back every single turn. So they keep killing Luris, but you keep using those four spells to just get Luris back. Don't waste those spells on anything else. They're meant for Luris. Then the other thing I found with this deck is that Sleeper Dart is just like Luris' best friend. That card is absolutely amazing. It keeps you alive. You know, you play it, you draw a card, you sack it, <clears throat> you stop their big creature from hitting you again. You play it again with Luris, you know, you get your extra card again. It's just an amazing card with Lurrus, is the sleeper dart, and that honestly won me a lot of games. Um, I did have three forms of fixing in here. Uh, so there was a chance I was able to play uh, Ominous Seas. There was like one blue source, one dual land. And then there's a couple red sources to play my Fire Prophecy, Shredded Sails, and Tentative Connection. But yeah, I guess the message here is just that Lurrus as a companion is absolutely busted, and like Dusty said, you got to find a way to play these things because the, th- the things they can do are probably going to offset the power of just putting them in your deck. <clears throat> well, everybody, that's all i got today. Again, it's a Thursday morning. We have a big guest coming on this weekend. I'm very excited. Um, I've also been asking a lot of other guests. You know, I've mentioned before that I have uh, the gift of audacity. Like... Uh, I'm not afraid to fail, I'm, uh, I have no problem with, um, you know, taking on something much bigger than me and being defeated by it. So I've been asking some pretty big names lately to come or be on the podcast or even asking their, them to ask their friends if they know anybody. Here's one example that I have to mention because some of you <clears throat> will appreciate this. Um, some of you may know the name Henry Zebrowski. A lot of you probably don't, and you're like, who are you talking about? This is not a big name. The thing is, the people out there who do know the name Henry Zabrowski are probably freaking out right now. They're like, oh, my God, Henry Zabrowski, Last Pot on the Left, a Murder Fist, oh, my gosh. So um, I have an old, strange connection with him from doing art. I painted all the people from Last Pot, and I've actually had some small Instagram conversations with Henry Zabrowski. He's been very nice and, like, replied to me and stuff like that. So I have these old connections in mostly the comedy world from my art and so I'm starting to reach out to some of those and seeing if anybody has connections in the comedy community that uh, play magic and would want to come on our show and that'd be amazing who knows you know a lot of these things you do and you're like you know it's probably not going to work out like I sent a uh, I sent a message to Nathan Fillion through Instagram too right like these people probably aren't going to respond but if they do Gonna be amazing, right? So, I'm trying, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I can bring you guys some fun guests, and uh, that's about all I got for today. Um, Everybody be safe out there, and